Hey, what do we got here? I'm putting on my uh, <clears throat> earbuds here. What do we got? We got. Gotta get this twisted around here. It's night. It's dark already here on uh, Friday night, 7:15. The sun has set. The stars are out, and it's Arizona, and it's nice and cool. 82 degrees. Ah, very comfortable. I think it was pushing 90 today, almost 90. And we got the beautiful sky tonight. What do we got? What do we got for humidity? 40, still pretty high humidity. 46%. So naturally, we got to do 82, 46. We got to get a dew point in here, don't we? 86. No, 82. Sorry, 82, 46. 82. Get the numbers right, 82, 46 on the humidity, and we get a dew point of 59.2 degrees. 59.2. So this podcast is going to be called uh, <coughs> Attribution Bias. I really love these cognitive biases, and I'm guilty of this one. I, and I, I, I think naming it is, is half my battle to um, living a better life, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, can I stick with it? Can I keep some of these truths in the forefront of my mind? That is key, right? There's some really good truths out there <clears throat> and uh, helpful thoughts. But if you Google cognitive biases, there's a whole slew of them. There's a whole bunch of them. And uh, this one's attribution bias. I stumbled on it, and I'm guilty of it too. But you, if you, when you think about it, if you frame it, it's kind of a framework, right? We, we all interact, communicate, have opinions and things. And, uh, and, and the attri- an attribution bias quite often is a um, reading motives into other people's comments. And with Twitter, that's, I mean, we get so many tweets and com- common, uh, commentaries on them. And uh, this week, the most fascinating one was this um, college student or alumni from Iowa State. And he uh, puts up a sign <clears throat> at the college football game. Something about Bush beer, Bush light, Venmo me some money, right? So this goes on TV. And somehow they must have shown it a few times because many, many people saw that sign that said Venmo this guy some money. And he's thinking maybe he'll get 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something, right? Well, it turns out he got like over $500,000 or something. Crazy amount of money. And it's like, whoa, dude, pay my mortgage, man. Venmo me some money. And, and they, you know, I never would have heard about it. And I don't think any of us probably would have heard about it. I mean, that guy could have been having one heck of a party in uh, Iowa with that. And, um, you know, a lot of it's because there's a lot of people watch college football. So anyway, he's like, okay, I got all this money. I think I'm going to donate it to a children's hospital. And uh, because it was Bush Light was the brand of beer, he... Uh, they, they jumped on board. Hey, this is a great PR thing. So they're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll throw in 300 grand, bring it up to a million. So the guy is on TV doing all this stuff. But some 
some guy at one of the local Iowa newspapers decides like, hey, let me look into this guy. You know, I, and, and I think the motive's got to be like, um, the guy's doing something great for humanity, gets really good PR out of it. And um, I don't know, I guess some people, and it's a maturity thing, and the guy decides, hey, this guy can't be crystal pure and uh, so altruistic and so wonderful, right? I mean, you know, he's doing something good. So let's look at his old tweets. So they dig up some tweets when he was 16, like, I don't know, eight years ago. And uh, they were not flattering tweets and so forth. So he gets torched by the media. And, uh, and yet he was doing a good thing. And uh, even, even the Anheuser-Busch company uh, pulled their support. They actually made a beer can with the guy's photo on it. And they were gonna, they, were gonna call, they called it Iowa legend, legend, cause this guy, he was doing something awesome, actually. He still do, he still did something awesome. But, he, but he's getting uh, Twitterized or something, right? And um, man, it's scary. And uh, I think the best defense is just like, you know, hey, he apologized for it, but I'm like, it's just a tweet, people. It's just a tweet. And are we holding people accountable for tweets? I mean, can't people change and grow? It's this it's just this society of like um, going after people. So there's a little bit of attribution bias there. They want to they want to put on this guy a life of racism or something because he did a 16-year-old tweet, something stupid that he thought would be, you know, probably probably like 10 people saw it eight years ago, that's it. And now it was resurrected and, and lifted up in a banner so that the whole world can just ruin this guy's life. And I was watching a talk show, talk show tonight, and the one guy's like, you know, <clears throat> saying like, oh, I'm sorry, but that, I mean, he's 16 years old and he says that and, you know, it's going to ruin his life. And then, and then uh, another guy says, what do you mean ruin his life? He just a tweet when he was 16. Why should that ruin the guy's life? And, and uh, the other guy says, well, he can go do something else. He doesn't have to be whatever. I don't know what he was doing. But um, and the guy laughs and goes, what do you mean? You mean do something else like, like donate a million dollars? <laughs> to a, child, a children's hospital and it's like so so uh, a tweet is greater than a million dollar donation to a children's hospital i don't know unreal and and that isn't that isn't even the attribution bias really so the attribution bias is the um, the trump deal and uh <clears throat> they this guy this this political commentator says uh, juan williams He's like, uh, puts out an article and says something like, well, Trump's doing this about with the Biden thing because he wants to make Biden like Hillary. And I'm like, what, what, where do you get that from, dude? And it's like, and this is, this is a classic attribution bias problem because there's no way this guy, Juan Williams has any idea what Trump's motivation is for anything. I mean, <clears throat> and so and, and just think how often we do that. I think we all do it to some extent. We, we attribute motive to people. We, we think we know 
<clears throat> what they, uh, what's really in their heart and mind and soul, right? And uh, it gets us. All it does is get us in trouble. I mean, what, and it, and it has this us and them mentality. Or and and then when you Google and you start researching uh, where they come up with these terms like attribution bias, there's people that did like studies, psychological studies in the uh, 1970s and 80s, and they set up these experiments and they just want to test and say like, well, if you frame a situation, will people attribute motive to others um, unfavorably, right? So there's, there's two sides to almost everything, right? So, so if you already decided, um, that's also, a, there's another related bias called confirmation bias. So, so confirmation bias is pretty close to at, attribution bias. And, um, and that's what we, we kind of do that naturally. And then, so these psychologists do these studies and they probably get statistics like 30% of these people will attribute it negative um, interpretations to the out group. So like you, you set up two different groups, an in group and an out group. And um, could be like the young commenting on the old and the old commenting on the young people. So like you're in one of those two groups, right? You're either young or old. And so they statistically find that sure enough, people develop or just hold on to attribution bias. Really fascinating stuff. And, I, and I, I'm guilty of it. And, and all I can do is like pause and try to catch myself doing that. And even in just interpersonal relationships and communication with one another, it's amazing, like we want shortcuts. We, it's like communication, fully understanding someone. I think I mentioned it before, like my <clears throat> wife was cooking something and I'm sitting there and I want to communicate, but she's focused on um, preparing the dinner and um, something's not going to go right with uh, the mixing of the ingredients or something. And, and, uh, and I'm just reading her body language and she's upset about it the cooking process, but I attribute it to the discussion we're having, which is just out of line. It's just not accurate. Come on, bud. And uh, so I'm guilty of attribution bias too. And I'll have better communication and relationships if I don't do that and pause and not think that every little body language reaction has, has something to do with me. So that's that's just a confession, folks. <laughs> when you sit back and look at it, it's pretty funny. And it's kind of funny in a way, right, to make these assumptions. Anyway, so that's attribution bias. What else going on? Robots. Yeah. Just before I took Bud out for a walk, there was a little news blurb about how uh, Boston, I think it's Boston Dynamics or Boston something else that's doing all these robots. They're getting really good at them. And... Now they've got uh, like a dog-sized one. And uh, my, my wife and I were watching. We kind of, it's time for me to walk Buddy. So I'm out here walking the Bud. But I just get one of these uh, robots. And then we'll just send uh, the robot out with the dog. We'll just, you know, tell the robot, here, take the dog on this, uh, this route. And uh, we'll go from there on that. So, so Bud gets walked by a robot. How about that? It's probably going to be happening 
They'll have these little robots doing stuff for us, like walk your dog. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Probably won't work too well because uh, robots may not. They'll have to be programmed for something. I don't know what. Like if you see another dog coming, what do you do? Because Bud, Bud's not. He's gonna pull that robot around with him if he, if it's not strong enough to hold them. You know, you got to have some engineering thought into these things, folks. I know you guys aren't, you're not all engineers out there, but if the uh, dog walking robot isn't like 100 pounds, this 20 pound dog's going to flip them around. And uh, the robot might get mad. <laughs> you're going to have to get your robot sent to dog obedience school or something so he knows how to, to uh, keep the dog walking. Anyway, goofy, goofy thought. But those are, that's a good thought for Friday night, right? It's been, uh, it's been a week. Um, I got called this morning. LinkedIn, somebody found me and uh, wanted to talk about a job, which is great. Got the funnel. Got to keep, up the, keep the filling up the funnel with opportunities. So um, doing that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. What else? What else? What else we got going, bud? We got the robot in. We got attribution bias. The poor guy donating money to the school and gets in trouble for it. Amazing. I kind of think the Anheuser-Busch guy um, in, in Twitter, right? So I'm... I don't know how I can do it. I have my my phony identity on Twitter. So technically, I have plausible deniability about anything I tweet, right? So I'm kind of watching what, what I tweet. But uh, my uh, my plausible identity, um, the article had the, the vice president of marketing or whatever for Bush that uh, said they're going to distance themselves from, from the... Uh, student who donated millions you know it's like well we don't want anything to do with that so what does the logic say then oh bush you guys uh inbev global company right must have a couple hundred thousand employees i think it's fair now that you just go through every tweet of every one of your employees now come on let's go bushy bush big data come on you can do that in a couple days find every tweet of every employee and start firing your employees for their their tweets from eight years ago you know you know it's fair is fair right <laughs> not gonna happen probably but I guess you got to point these things out to people right and uh, so what do we got here bud did you Oh, real small business there. That's not very big, bud. And it's dark, so I gotta get the light on the can the phone, right? Isn't these these phones they got everything. They got lights now, so you don't have to bring a separate light for your dog. You just bring your phone. You do a podcast while you're walking the dog, while you're using the light, using the flashlight. All these functions on this phone. Swiss Army knife. That's what they used to call a Swiss Army knife, right? It does everything. So there we got that, bud. Nice and cool out here. And, uh, yeah, so why, yeah. 
Let's go through everybody's tweets. And the uh, philosophical thing about tweeting that I came up with is, you know, these are just a thought. It takes you like 15 seconds or something or 20 to tweet something, right? It's not like you you have deep thoughts and you write a thesis or something and, and you come up with all kinds of analysis and think deeply about what you're tweeting about. So I really don't think anybody should be held accountable at all for any tweet. It's just ridiculous to to even think that um, tweets are an accountable measure of, of your character or something, right? And you couple that with these different statistics about how many thoughts we have a day, like 30,000 thoughts, you know, or something, or 60,000, depends on what kind of goofy analysis you use, whatever. It's a big number, right? And we don't tweet every thought we have. But, but somehow we do have thoughts and we do tweet those thoughts. And so out of the 30,000 thoughts and, and only one gets tweeted and 29,999 thoughts are just ignored, like we've become the sum total of our tweets, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And But it, it seems like nobody, very few are like, fighting. I guess you get so embarrassed when the, the kid probably got embarrassed, of course, to have this happen. And he apologized for it. But then I think the better response is say, no, I, I was 16. That was a thought. I don't know what, what the circumstances are. And it reminds me of my favorite, favorite English excuse I heard. I, I've mentioned that before in the podcast. But I think we got to start using it for Twitter and just say, hey, that tweet was made based on the best information available at that time, right? So he made a decision to tweet that eight years ago. And it was, it was, he has better information now. He made that tweet based on the best information available at that time. So it's eight years later, ask him now, are you a racist? He'll <laughs> be, it's like, no. It's like, how do you prove anything? It's like, once a racist, always a racist? What? Nobody's allowed to change? Nobody's, that's just ridiculous. I mean, d- tweets probably should be just deleted after 24 hours automatically. Because, and, and it almost, the Twitter should probably just uh, make it optional. If you, if, you, if you tweet some gem, which, you know, I usually do. My, my tweets are gems, so. I usually just, I wouldn't probably delete mine, but it should be like a default is they're all deleted every 48 hours or something. And uh, then we can just end this silly tweet charade thing because it's, and then you get the 24 hour news cycle. This is like 24 minute news cycle, tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh, and basically you're attributing motive to the, all these people based on a tweet. And I'm guilty of that too, right? So like I, usually I go after religious leaders, sort of speak, I see some tweet. And because they're so limited in the amount of words, you, you it's, it leaves something open for interpretation. There's almost, there's not a single tweet that probably can't be twisted to some other meaning or or just a less favorable, interpretation right and that's coming because I'm reading I'm like I'm choosing to read a less favorable motivation for the tweet right 
people <laughs> like even even a bible verse tweeted i can uh take offense to because it's like what's the point of uh you don't think people can uh, read these things on their own they need to be tweeted so so i'm like i bible verse tweets are i'm like i don't get it you know and in 2015 one of the best phrases was developed which i also utilize quite often which is the virtue signal yeah so virtue signaling such a useful concept and uh, so so when i see someone tweet a bible verse it's uh comes across to me like virtue signaling it's like oh you know uh you know the bible says uh feed the poor it's like okay let's tweet that yeah yeah and uh uh, I don't have anything to, to feed the poor with right now. Um, yeah, I'll do that sometime. Um, you're doing that? Oh, you want me to do that? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the Bible verse doing? I mean, what is that? It can't possibly be anything but virtue signaling, I think. I don't know. So a lot of tweets are like that. I try to have fun with it. I'm trying to see something and interact with it make a funny comment to it i get it i don't know whatever it's just kind of stupid isn't it folks you're much better off podcasting everybody should just have anchor fm on their phone and when they get they get in a twitter twitter frenzy just stop the twitter and just podcast I mean, there are probably as many people listening to my podcast that read my tweet. Although it is kind of fun to look at the Twitter activity. I do kind of like monitor that a little bit. Like if I, I uh, drop a gem, what I think is a gem out there, I like to see what kind of reactions. Of course, I guess that's what I do too. Is I, I'm trying to like say something controversial to get a reaction. And uh, I, I think some people call that a troll, right? So my pinned tweet is... There are no trolls on Twitter because there's either no trolls or you got a choice or everybody is a troll on Twitter or self-promoter, right? So you get your, you get your famous people like, oh, follow this guy on Twitter. What kind of wisdom is he going to drop on us in 160 characters or 140 characters? Ooh, let's follow this guy. Gem, gems are coming out. <laughs> And, and it's, it's self-promotion. And I, I don't have anything to promote, so I just go with the, uh, with the wisecracks. I guess it's practice for me. Witty pra- practice, wit. My pra- it's, my, it's my playground, I guess. It's a playground, Twitter. And that's all it is. It's for fun. Because, there, and again, it's not going to really influence, um, especially in the political arena, because people already have their attribution bias and their confirmation bias. So someone may make a tweet and then a whole bunch of people are like, oh, I love that. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so we're, we're enamored by the shiny object of the, of the phone. I mean, you could, could use your phone and the flashlight to uh, 
light up the grass in the dark and pick up dog poop with it. That's that's another good, probably more useful, practical use of a smartphone than Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is. <laughs> oh yeah, that reminds me. That does. It goes right with the Twitter turd. So hashtag Twitter turd, twit turd, tweet turd, because basically a lot of these guys, the famous guys, will tweet something profound, right? And then like so it may it may spawn like. Um, 30 responses, people either agreeing with it, disagreeing with it, blah, blah, blah. And yet the original tweeter, they've moved on. They're like, I'm tweeting this thing, I'm putting it out there, and I'm not coming back. I'm not picking it up, man. It's a tweet turd. They just put it out there, and people will see the turd on the grass, and they want you to come back and pick it up. But they never do because they're famous. They're uh, they're basically doing self-promotion. Like, here's my words of wisdom for you today and and, and all my followers. <laughs> well, we'll just enjoy my wisdom for the day, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's how I read quite a few tweets. But then again, I don't read every tweet that way. They're kind of, I do my attribution um, bias on it on tweets, right? Because like, oh, this guy's good. I like this guy's tweet. So what's his inspirational word of the day? It's like, okay, that's good. And uh, no argument with that one, man. That's a great tweet. I'll go with that. And yet, you know, is that, is, is Twitter's, oh, it's a, it's a, a uh, interesting thing. But I, I, told, I told my wife and I, that I was, okay, I'm getting off Twitter. I was feeling bummed about the thing and because uh, sometimes I'll get emotionally wrapped up to it it's like why don't I, I don't get it why do these people not see how dumb this is so I may do uh, some guy may tweet something kind of ridiculous and then a bunch of people will agree with it and I'm like you're agreeing with that really you know so there's like 20 people for me to kind of ask like really you really think that's awesome huh and uh I guess a lot of people don't respond and their their attribution bias says, oh, you, this guy's a troll, man. He's just trolling me, man. No, no, I'm not trolling you. I'm just pointing out what I don't agree with what you, your point of view, right? So you you put a point of view out, which you're trolling me. You know, who's a you know, claim of troll? That's why I say there's no trolls on Twitter because everybody's a troll. So, what else? What else? What can we say? What is it, bud? Um, so, triggering, right? That's another subject. So, sure, I get triggered by stuff. So, that's why I said I got to get take Twitter off for a while. It lasted about 24 hours. And I'm back at it. I'm addicted. Addicted to Twitter. And... So, um, and probably a lot of, most obviously most people must be addicted to Twitter, whether it's just smack talking people or doing something, I don't know. And it's a little different than Facebook, I suppose. These things are created, they're just systems and we utilize them. And, uh, you know, I I put up a scorpion on Facebook today. 
just for because I felt like because it's unusual to see a scorpion in the sink. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't seen one in 12 years in the sink, but I did today, and I couldn't find the fly swatter. So I'm like, okay, I got to kill this thing. Can't just let it sit there. And they don't drown, and they're not just going to go down the drain. So I got to smack this thing. So I do what we usually do when we see them on the ground, which is use your shoe and just step on them. So I just took my shoe off and smacked them. Good, washed, uh, wash the, uh, wash the sink out, and that was it. Another scorpion gone. And uh, of course, I might have triggered, triggered. Uh, PETA, you know, like, you know, maybe, maybe scorp pet scorpions, you know, it's not nice of me to just squash them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel any uh, remorse over that. Over that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, scorpion lovers. So that's Arizona. And then it's on Facebook. And I don't, I don't, I'm not recruiting followers or anything. Um, and there, and I, I like the, the business aspect of Facebook. People uh, running businesses on there is great. What the heck? It's better than pithy sayings and things. And I, I did get uh, um, a couple pithy sayings in. And people know. If you know me, then it's like, okay, I get it. He's making a joke, right? So um, I'm getting some feedback. But uh, that's when you hear the, the cries of, oh, just be you, just, just be you. So, so me being me is uh, little sarcastic remarks, snarky, snarky. Uh, not exactly a fruit of the spirit, but... Uh, there's a little bit of joy I express in that. I think sarcastic humor can be an expression of my joy of living, the joy that I've been gifted with a mind and gifted with a little bit of wit, right? So there you go. And uh, I volunteered to get some information on Socrates in the desert, I call it. Hey, bud, come on. Because uh, one of my favorite guys is this uh, Eric Metaxas guy. I uh, really enjoy him. He's fun. And uh, he does Socrates in the city. All these uh, New Yorkers. All the, the brilliant, smart geniuses. But there's a lot. There's probably more in Boston, I guess. Boston has the higher percentage of intelligentsia with like 50, 50 universities or something with all the really smart people. And uh, so if you don't feel smart tonight, um, you number one, you're like in the top 0.001% of genius in the, on the planet because you're listening to this podcast. How's that? Is that, is that worth listening to this podcast to get, get affirmation about how smart you are for listening to these brilliant words of wisdom? So yeah, you're smart. You're listening to that. So you have affirmation on um, how great you are. Here comes a a night running dog. Kind of looks like a bud dog, and uh, Bud's getting excited. 
to see this dog. They might be cousins, I don't know. Hi. Yeah. What kind is your dog? Huh? What kind? Oh, he's a little um, golden doodle, but he's a mini one. Oh, a golden doodle. So he's full grown. So yeah, full grown. We normally had that grumpy dog. Oh, this yeah. is a new one for you? Yeah, our other dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, our other dog passed away. Oh, bummer. A while ago. Yeah, she was how, old. How old? She was 15. 15, so. yeah. Um, and how old is your guy? He's like 16. So how's, how's this old? Just he's a, not quite a year. Yeah, great. So, yeah, so he's, he's super friendly. He's been kind of nice to have. He's, he's nice and long. He probably weighs about 28 pounds. Yeah, he's getting up there. He's probably like 25-ish, <laughs> maybe. Buddy, this but, is Buddy. He's 22 pounds. Oh, yeah, so if you're so. 22, oh, yeah, then he's definitely... Hi, puppy. What kind is he? He is a schnoodle. So oh, he's a okay. schnauzer poodle okay, yeah. mix. He's a double rescue, so somebody rescued him, and then they couldn't handle him, so we took him over. And how is he now? Has he been pretty good? He's great, yeah. yeah He's such a blessing. I mean, we didn't know much about breeds or anything, and uh -huh. and I just love the schnauzer. I love, he's like your dog. He's got nice facial hair and eyebrows and beard type thing, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, they're just super cute. <laughs> well, it's nice when you have one that's friendly and likes people. Oh, yes. You just want to play. Play, right? yeah. Oh, well, you know, he so, was a rescue. Well, I shouldn't totally say so, rescue, but we did get him from another family. Right? Yeah, yeah. He was a puppy and they had a baby. Hey, hey, hey. They don't like to be barked at. No, they don't want to be barked at. Um, you can come say hi. Anyway, they had a toddler and okay. a one-year-old and realized adding a puppy in the mix is probably not the best. Oh, hey. How's his tail? Like, what, did he get a trim tail or is that the natural? Um, natural? I don't know. I guess maybe. Because, like, his guy's, he's got a really long tail and oh, it's, yeah, he's got a lot of power in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hi. This is Buddy and what's hi, buddy. this one? His name's Chewy Louie. Chewy Louie. Tends to be a little on the chewy side. All right. And is it his hair kind of long now, or has he been this shaved is recently? Long. This is about as long as he gets, but he's really soft. But you're probably pretty soft too, huh, buddy? He just got shaved a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't it's not quite as curly as that, but yeah, it gets kind of curly. I mean, it's not the tight, tight poodle hair, but he's definitely got more of that. Yeah. Teddy bear hair, but hi, you guys are about the same color. <laughs> Nice. Buds. Yeah, well, it's nice to have the weather kind of. Yeah, finally broke. Yeah, finally broke. Yeah. Well, go enjoy your walk. We'll All right, thanks. Bye okay, guys. bye bye. bye. All right. See, there you go. A blessing of the dog community. So, if you don't have a dog, those are the kind of fun little conversations you have with people, right? So, do your podcasts, you know? I'm contributing to the world, right? Instead of like listening to somebody else's podcast, make your own, right? <laughs> nuts. It's nuts. And I, I invited the uh, general to come on, but it's Friday night. It's, almost, it's coming up on 11 his time. It's almost 8 o'clock here, so there's time zone things. Um, are an interesting challenge for for uh, podcasting interviews. So, yeah, he, he's not, you know, I guess, yeah, what do I say? Podcasting um, guests. They make it easy with the app. I tried, I got one in, and I did another surprise invite to somebody, no answer. <laughs> so, maybe... People aren't as spontaneous as I am on the podcast. 
But that's why this is such a special dog walking podcast. I, I don't know of any other. I probably wouldn't listen to somebody else's dog walking podcast, right? Why? I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, I'm busy producing my own content, right? But we're producing our own content here, so I got to give back, give back to the world with uh, my podcast. So yeah, a nice clear night. Arizona, a little bit muggy. I mean, it's it's not dry, but I mean, it's probably in another month it'll be a little chilly. I have to wear a jacket, you know. End of October, I have to wear a jacket. Of course, we're the uh, the uh, possibility of a hundred degree Halloween. We have to see what the temperature is going to be on Halloween. That's like the marker, the marker for. Uh, Arizona pessimists. Arizona pessimists that think it's just too hot here. But um, here it is. We did get in the pool this afternoon. What else happened that I saw? I, I was talking about a, a job interview, so I was found on LinkedIn. Could be a fit. But, you know, I had a phone call, screen, interview. But really, I'm like, I'm... Uh, doesn't cost a whole lot to invite me into the office and talk to me, especially when you're like an hour away. Um, I'm game. You know, it's all about personality and aptitude. Right? So, uh, I don't know if I should just announce that as uh, a philosophy. It's a philosophy of hiring people. First choice, personality. What's the guy's personality, man? And we covered that. I got the perfect personality based on the big five. Low neuroticism, remember? Really low neuroticism. And super high conscientious now. I'm just like, just you got to be in the right frame of mind when you answer the questions. 120 questions, right? Eight minutes. Perfect personality. So I got through the first gate. Personality. Aptitude. Now, Really, can uh, can many people be as aptitudinally uh, capable as I am? I'm just super. I have like intense aptitude. <laughs> What's the? Let's. How do you measure aptitude? I don't know. It's probably by what you're learning, what you can learn. So German, French. Partial differential equations, combustion, fuel sprays, purchasing, marketing, selling, right? You know, aptitude. Learn what you need to learn. You don't have to be an expert at it. Just learn what you need to learn and move on. So, yeah. And uh, the last thing is experience. But, oh, but by the way, if you have great personality and aptitude, we can teach you experience. We can teach you experience. So there you go. I'm building my powers up. My con- I need to have confidence. I need to have confidence. We all need, you need to have, you have confidence. Some of you on the distribution curve, Gaussian distribution curve, you're like over average on confidence, which is good. And uh, 
there are skewed distribution curves. So this is a new concept I may have to develop. But um, since since many people are like um, this new book that came out, it's either coming out next week, but I got a preview of it, which is your sole purpose, right? So we uh, many people, if you ask them, like, are you living your sole purpose? More than likely a very high percentage of people would say no. So if you make a distribution curve, there's probably very few out towards the yes, I'm absolutely living my sole purpose 24 seven, 365, right? So that would be like a skewed distribution. And that's, it's a little bit sleazy kind of concept because what I mean by that is it's kind of like either yes or no answer, right? So how do you put that on a distribution curve? Although I would say people probably have elements of their sole purpose or living in elements of it, but are they really in tune with it, living, living their sole purpose as much as they would like to? Probably not, right? So there's probably a little less black and white on it, right? And that's the kind of complexity of thought that I bring to it. I'm not saying I'm right, of course. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. But, you know, you can put it on a distribution curve, whether I'm right or wrong or not, right? <laughs> I, might, I might be above the mean on being right, right? Just a little bit. Not even one sigma to the, to the right of the mean. But, yeah, so black and white thinking, um, all or nothing thinking, yes or no. And, oh, wait, oh, but the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So um, I'm choosing to think of that with my attribution bias to call that um, scripture in question, right? So I'm questioning that. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because it needs context, right? It's like, I'm not going to be the pastor up there slamming the Bible down and shouting and yelling at people saying, you've got to let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's the Bible says so. You know, there's a context for that. I'm not even sure what it is, but it's, uh, it's not applicable to every order you make at Chipotle. Do you want salsa on that? You know, you're allowed to say, I don't know, let me think for a second. No, I don't want the salsa on that. So that's taking the scriptures to the extreme. So Bud's doing a, you can't tell because you haven't, um, there's no video on this, but uh, Bud's taken me on a pretty random walk tonight. It's a little different. I'm not sure what's, uh, what's got into Bud. Maybe it's because it's not so hot out. And he's, he's in a wandering mood. And Bud is in a wandering mood. So I'm, uh, this is not the normal path. And we basically have probably like five paths. And this is like a mixture of number, number one and path number three, which we really don't, we really don't take a random mixture path very often. 
But that's what we're doing tonight. We're doing a little randomized walk and it's dark and hopefully there's no coyotes gonna sneak up us on us or, or anything. I should be able to see well enough and coyotes usually don't jump you, come out at you, they usually run away from you. But uh, you know, it's kind of dark out here and Bud's kind of stopping every once in a while to look at something. I don't know what he's, I hope there's no creatures in there. He's gonna check out that bush or something. All right, bud, come on. And uh, so it's Friday night. I, I, I had an okay interview. It's, and it comes down to like salary and I try to dance around it. Because I just, let's talk. Because, um, and I try to qualify it. But I, I basically say, if you're, this, if you're looking at this range down here, then it's probably not the right job for me. You know, not that I'm quite called overqualified, but again, it goes back to bagging beans. If the task is bagging beans, then the salary should be really low because it's quote unquote like um, basic labor, I guess you'd say. And um, I'm looking to use my strategic thinking and ideation and creativity so and uh, you know even even scientific jobs don't uh, allow for um, as much freedom to create as others in fact I met with a, a fellow who was oh, chief financial officer at a pretty big company and I was sharing him my um, work environments preferences what are my work preferences and one of them was um, having an influence over the strategy of um, what I'm doing right so um, I'd like to look at the business what are our strengths and weaknesses where's the opportunity what's the uh, available market we can do and how are we going to create an offering or a strategy to to um, meet that um, need and fill that need for someone and there's a lot of creativity in creating a value proposition and that's uh, that's what I like to do and you know there's pieces of that in almost any company um, so you kind of create your own um, position sometimes and create your own value, you know, value proposition for your own business. So that goes back to the concept that everyone is a business of one. So what have you invested in yourself? What kind of personal development have you done? And um, you know, like this, there was a there's a sales training called Sandler Sales Training, which is a Sandler is a franchise business. So they have sales trainers around the country and they get the um, process the material the concepts of of the sales pipeline sales submarine and their and their their framework is a submarine for some reason i don't know if the guy's from the navy or what but it's a submarine and there's uh different stages you walk people through and you want to get an upfront contract type of concept which is um 
you know, kind of, in some ways you're basically getting to a no quickly because if you have a big funnel of a hundred people and you want to um, get through your funnel, you have to, you can't spend a half hour with a hundred people. That's 50 hours. And then there's the in-between time of trying to arrange the meeting. So it could take months to get through a hundred people with a half hour discussion. And, uh, you know, that may be worth it in some, some businesses. And depends on how transactional the sales product is and how complex the product or service is. And uh, so you can frame it that way, but there's a lot of craftsmanship in that. There's a lot of underlying experience that they've learned over the years about what works and what doesn't. So even though there's a Sandler sales process, it's a, it has to be generic enough to apply to every business. And then you just adapt it, right? So it's a, some principles. And since my gut personality is I don't like to follow rigid processes because there's always exceptions, right? And so my brain goes to well, what's the exception on this? It doesn't apply. So I have to, I'm learning like, well, keep those thoughts to yourselves, bucko. <laughs> but, but, I don't, but I don't like having this uh, secret community of like wink, wink, nod, nod, yes, say yes to the manager and uh, go on. But I guess that's part of life, I suppose. Isn't that sad in a way? But hey. That's probably why people are entrepreneurs, because they can make their own process, because the process has to fit the thoughts of the person, right? So one person's process may not work with another. And that's why I, there was some statistics. Oh, that was the, the brain science of selling. And, uh, you know, I'll probably have to review that again. And uh, there were statistics about how many um, salespeople fail, right? So if you have 10 salespeople, maybe four of them just haven't, can't figure out how to um, move the ball forward, so to speak, or um, make it work. Um, idealistically, all 10 people should be with training, um, but we're people. So in sales, a lot of people-to-people things. So some salespeople click, some people are more adaptable, they can Win others over. You gotta have some woo, baby. Woo. Win over. Win others over. And not for some nefarious uh, scheme. It's got. It should be a win-win. But there's a way of listening and communicating and asking the right questions to get to the point of like, hey, is this gonna go anywhere? Or there's is there nothing here that we can work together on? So let's move on. So. And that's, hopefully that's not how you feel about the podcast. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> you're, you're listening for the self-deprecating humor, right? You know, Got to have some of that. Um, the only thing is, is moodiness, right? I mean, I'm in a pretty good mood for some reason. I don't know. And then the thoughts come. And it probably... The negativity thoughts come, and those are got to be fought off. So, um, thanks for my uh, 
participating in my therapy here, walking the dog and podcasting. So there's some transparency for you. Hey, bud, let's head home. Ready to head home? Yeah. Good job, dog. Good job, buddy. You met a new friend tonight. Chewy Louie, what? Right? Chewy Louie? Chewy Louie. Uh, black. What was that again? I'll have to probably listen to the podcast myself to figure out what that dog was. It wasn't a Labradoodle. Some kind of doodle. <laughs> it was a doodle. A doodle. Right, bud? About 25, 28-pounder. Pretty furry. Little pup. Not quite a year old. And uh, it's a dog's life, right? So attribution bias. So if you made it this far in the podcast, you must love me. So you're attributing me, attributing good things to me, right? And uh, sometimes I got to receive those good things, and I, I just deny the goodness. And it's like it's that psychological statistic that, like, if one person is upset with the service at a restaurant or something, that bad experience gets spread uh, more than ten good experiences. And um, maybe we do that to ourselves. I do it probably to myself, and I probably is probably a common to man and women that you uh, we pick up on the criticisms more than the appreciation. So I know people appreciate what I've done, like when they, like I, they were surprised that I was no longer working at my previous company. So I got a lot of positive gems. Of course, they got everybody's got to move on and move past that. So um, I got positive vibes leaving. And then I got that special positive vibe with the, uh, the guy with the 500 business cards. And uh, he decided to reach out to me. So that was good. So, um, yeah, yeah. So we're in we're in process. I'm not a very patient person most of the time. So my mood goes down when I'm feeling impatient, and I'm getting uh, concerned about things. And then you start I start asking myself like, well, why, why is this taking so long, right? But I, and I know it's going to be a suddenly situation where boom, it's going to happen and it's going to be good, for, and I'm going to decide and go into whatever it is with a positive attitude. And uh, um, the, as much as I am not proud of the two company failures, which had nothing to do with me, but uh, what I, I learned from it, right? So it was like a, a one year lesson in business. And um, I've been taking some solace in the fact that they say like nine out of 10 businesses fail. Well, they were operating for a year or two and they had employees and they failed within five years. So does that mean that all the employees that worked there were terrible? Uh, I don't think so. I think they just happened to be joined together for a short period of time with optimism that faded out after five years it just faded and uh, it didn't matter if you had 
all superstars if your product and service was not in demand or competitive price or more more instead of competitive price um, had good value for money as the English say if you don't have a product or service that represents good great value for money then the business will not survive so yeah yeah um, so let's see you know maybe there's maybe there is some value in old people's wisdoms but I have to communicate that wisdom make sure that wisdom is communicated and understood and I do it and also maintain humility and, and um, soliciting other people's input because what have I learned? I don't know everything, right? I can't um, go wholeheartedly into a coffee roasting business because I just don't know enough. There's our people that can help and give wisdom and I'm pursuing information. But that, that's a pretty um, specific business, right? And uh, there's investments, some big dollar investments to make that happen. So in the knowledge economy, which we're, we're in, and I think we're in the knowledge economy only because people are recognizing the value of, of coaching, I would say. And, I, and I, I'm glad I bumped into this video a month ago that talked about the difference between teaching and coaching. So there's a big need for coaching in so many areas. And yet we've approached the world with a teaching mentality, like, oh, we just teach people facts and academic skills. And with those facts and academic skills, we expect uh, results. But uh, we, it's really about the coaching is what's going to get lasting results. So there you go. So I'm coming up on Halloween house. So Doug from New York here does a, that's a serious effort into Halloween and Christmas with massive lights. And it's uh, near the end of September. He's probably got about ooh, 40% of it up. This is the, looks different than last year. I don't know if he, if he strategizes a new layout, uh, but this looks like a whole new set of lights and new, new design. So you actually may hear from him because he's out, he's out testing some of the, the lights right now. So. Hey Doug, how you doing? So do you, I was just thinking to myself, do you, these are a whole new set of lights, aren't they? Um, these are because I redid my whole wall, so I added, so, added different stuff this year. So you're at, you added these? Yeah, it looks so much better. I needed the way that wall looked at the beginning. So because what, the, was there railing there before? No, none of this was here. It was all so, solid. So now you can use, you can use the railing to, to do the yeah. light stringing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 